Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrage. Court is a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Perth Demons diehard and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrage here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 grand final, except he got dropped after the prelim. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles. It's just two blokes talking football. Welcome to the Quarters and Barra podcast brought to you by Tab Touch. Better your bet with Tab Touch. Please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800-858-858 if you have any issues. I am Glenn Quartermain, Chief Sports Reporter with the West Australian. With me is Adrian Barrich of Channel 7 fame, Perth Football Club fame and West Coast Eagles fame. Barra, we are coming off a weekend of tipsters carnage. Oh, no. How did you go, mate? Terribly. I've relinquished the lead and you may have caught me. I had two. Two, yeah. At one stage there, I was um, 0-6. So I was no good as well. Same. And so who's taking the lead? I think Baz. Basil Zemplis. The great man. Without The mayor. He just puts his the favourites in for the entire year, and he's taken the lead. But, but to be fair to say, we we had most of the favourites in our tips, and um, mm. you know, obviously the top three got uh, knocked off, and uh, it was a sort of a good um, re-correction to the season in many ways. Yeah, a few mate. questions are now being asked, and the local teams both winning. Uh, who would have thought that could happen? So, you're very sprightly too, mate. I'm I'm struggling with two a.m. Yeah, to bed with the, the cricket, and we used. Did you stay? I'm up? not sprightly. I didn't sleep a wink, but uh, I just <laughs> didn't sleep last night. But uh, I stayed up late, but not for the, um, not till the end. I I was uh, in bed with the rain. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's a lot of people did that. But I I was texting people. Uh, I didn't do you because I knew that you might. Need I got to sleep. up about four, and then checked my checked my uh, checked the website and went. Ah, yeah, that's what I, I actually. I wasn't confident. I tell you what, it got very close, and and, he, and Stuart Broad, what a way to go out yeah. with the last wicket! He didn't get the complete fairy tale because they didn't win, but gee, and and then the whole bloody yarn uh, ball tampering. Well, I was going to say in keep, the umpires, in, keep, in <laughs> keeping with the tone of the series, there was the Stokes catch, yeah, which sort of cancels out the Mitch Stark catch, I suppose. Although I thought Stark controlled it more than Stokes did, and then the box of balls, which is within the rules for a team to call for the umpires to look at the ball. But the problem is when you've got a box of balls, you've got to have them that somehow they relate to the old. Yeah. yeah. But they were all yeah, clear yeah. difference. Yeah, shiny was the one they gave oh, on no. the thing. What's going on here? And Ricky Ponning's called for an investigation this morning. Oh, has he? Yeah, which nothing will happen. But you know what? The series, I guess, deserved to be 2-2, didn't it? Yeah, it it, uh, it deserved to go down to that last game. We were very fortunate that the rain came in that test that made it uh, give it give it gave us basically us the chance to retain the Ashes. But I noticed as well that it didn't look like the Aussies and the Poms got together after the match. There's oh well, a lot well, of photos being posted. So if they want a know, sook. That's fine. More for the Aussies. I know when McMullen said. Baz said that he they wouldn't be having a beer. He's obviously serious. Which is crazy. That's the key. That's the Kiwi coming out in him. It's crazy. I mean, no, the Kiwis are better than that. I reckon. I reckon they're the best. They're mm. the best at sort of bending over backwards now to do the right thing afterwards. Um, if that hasn't happened, that's a that's not good because Stuart Broad deserves to be sort of lauded. And well, he would have been up for it. I'm sure he would have found his way to have a beer with a couple of the Aussies because he's. Are you were asleep? What about when he he went to the bales again? He does that. He did the bale trick. <laughs> and the very next ball, he got a wicket. 
It's just a voodoo head Mate, trick, that, isn't it? That, that spun me out. I was tweeting me, me butt off well, going, look at that. He did it the other, night. It, he did it the other night with Labashane. So he just, just, it's He's a, a master. And we should salute the Matildas. Oh, how good was that? The ratings are going to – I think it's going to outrate an AFL grand final. Is that right? And and how – I tell you what, if people are an uncon, were, who are unconvinced about women's soccer at that at the highest High level – High standard. Fantastic. And what entertainment. And, and Razo, just brilliant, wasn't Four she? Four goals. And that Mary Fowler. Yeah. I loved that Mary Fowler. And, and I knew that Sam was not going to play. Yep. Because basically it's a four – it's basically a four-week calf at two weeks in. Yeah. And there's no way Chelsea were going to allow Australia to jab it. You know what I mean? It was a great theatre, wasn't it? Player. Sitting on the sidelines already and then taking the strapping off when it was clear that the Matildas were going to win. Yeah. She would have had to come on without a jab. So imagine if, imagine if she tore it all up. She's got a million, million, multi-million dollar contracts on the line. If uh, It's a long-term injury. But, geez, they were good. And, and it was so great to see women's sport doing so well and Australia doing so well. And hopefully the draw now, hope we get, hopefully we get China rather than one of the Nordic countries. Um, and then who knows where we go. Sammy comes back and it all – anyway, it's just fantastic. Now, while we're speaking of greats, and certainly Sam Kerr is one of the greats of Australian sport. Oh, good link, mate. Buddy Franklin. Mm-hmm. Willie, won't he, the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was quite surprised by talk that he wanted to go on again. Uh, it was on the back of that game over here where he – looked, you know, but it, even that was only a quarter and a half of footy really and – I hate seeing great, great players retire, go on too long, a season too long, and we've seen it time yeah. and again. Um, I wrote a column, oh, it'd be five, six years ago now, about Josh Kennedy, the great Eagles full forward, basically saying he should retire. And, of course, he came out and uh, proved me, uh, made me look a bit silly the next few seasons. But the, the, the tenor, the tone of the column was basically, I just hate seeing champions go on too long. And I'm, I'm pleased with this result. He, he has been um, oh. the player of this century, I think. I reckon, yeah. It's Ablett and Martin, I suppose, the other two, maybe Judd. But, yeah, that, that, was, that was amazing that he's done his calf and just decided to go out straight away. And we still haven't heard from him. He's very, he's very shy. He hasn't even spoken yet. Man, a few <laughs> words. But when he speaks, he'll, he, it will be of substance. Mm. Um, I think he probably wants his teammates to try and push for the final still and not make it about him. Yeah. But we'll hear from him eventually. And. I think about Buddy, and I my memories go back to I saw him play his first game at the MCG with Jared Ruffhead, being a Hawthorne supporter, mm. uh, and thinking this kid's got something. Obviously, I thought Jared Ruffhead's got yeah. something, but I thought this kid, he's got something. I said, but he could go, he could be the anything, strut. or he could be nothing. You know, he could be just he'd play a couple of games and peter out, but. I'm mates with Cal Hooker, and he's really happy that that goal keeps getting replayed when he's chasing well, down he's, the wing. Well, now he's retired. It'll get a couple of runs over oh, the next yeah, month. Yeah, he loves it. And then that'll be the end Making of it. him look like a complete goose Well, I don't know. the field. To be fair to Cal, he's got plenty of mates out there who Buddy's made look oh, like Oh, yeah, but that's the ultimate, isn't it? Apart from being carried off in the thousand, when he kicked the thousand goals, yeah. which he handled, he handled magnificently. Um. It's just yeah, – actually, I've just been handed the figures for the Matildas. Do you want them? Yes, please. Yeah, okay. So uh, this is for the Seven Network. Um, 4.7 million people watched uh, last night across Australia, 4.7 million. Average audience, 2.4 million. And the network peak was 2.6 million. So that is about or just past last year's a- uh, AFL wow. Grand Final. That's huge. And monstrous, mo- monstrous figures. Mm. And uh, it's so great for women's sport. It is a great Just talking moment. about Buddy, mate, because I saw him play 
at Perth. He's a he's our greatest modern product. Okay, but he, obviously Perth Footy Club, and so we're really wrapped for him. We're thinking about what we can do for him as well. Played one senior game. Played in our Colts team. Was at Wesley. Obviously Wesley's greatest player. Probably just shades Ben Cousins, and then. Played Colts for us, then played this one senior game under Stan Magro up at West Perth, kicked a goal, and was pretty skinny. And then the draft come round, comes round, and Richard uh, Richmond's got that pick, right? And they go, Tambling. And we will take Richard Tambling. And everyone just went, Whoa. And now they just get, that has haunted them for how many years has he played? Because <laughs> they could have had the great Franklin. Hawks <laughs> pick roughhead before him, though. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it, really? When uh, you think about and it. I look, the goals are plenty. And it was never a great contested mark, but it didn't really matter because it was his athleticism, really. And, and you know, you, t- you talk about the defenders who played on him. They always liked seeing him run further upfield, but then he could just turn his opponent around and use his, 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 his pace oh. and his uh, – he's just a super athlete. It must have been frightening playing on him and just you'd have to stand back and sort of let him try to run past you. But the nine-year, $10 million contract, remember he was going to go to the Giants and then his manager was very clever and was secretly dealing with Sydney on the side. Liam Pickering, do you remember his comment at the time? And it slipped through. No, No one really followed it up. They thought it was just a slip of the tongue, but it wasn't. He said... Everyone was saying Giants, 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 and he said, "Well, look, we don't know if he's going to go to the Sydney Swans. Oh, sorry, to the to the, the Giants." Whoa! And uh, and of course, that that was basically the end of Cola. Yeah, that killed Cost it of off. Living exactly. allowance. And and when he signed that nine year deal, I think all of us thought, "No way, he's going to fulfil that." Not only did he fulfil yeah. it and kick the thousand goals, and he even was going to push on beyond it if the calf wasn't there. I still think Damien Hardwick, if he takes the job at the Gold Coast Suns and he attracts Revolt up there and maybe Martin or someone, he just goes door knocking in the Gold Coast hinterland and says, listen, buddy, I know it's not for you really, but the AFL will give you a massive dollar. Uh, you can be the face of the of the club. Just play every two weeks. Come on down, have a kick, see what you see if you like it or not. If they get dusty and he he's the face of the club, that's saying something. We'll have to replay this next year if this, ha- if this comes yeah. on. Yeah. Well, that's what I'd be doing if I was uh, Dimmer. Anyway. Now, the big takeaway, apart from Buddy's retirement from the weekend, was the Port Adelaide game. Big win for Adelaide in the showdown. Um, another haul from uh, Taylor Walker, which keeps him in the running for the Coleman. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Allier Allier incident, uh, no HIA test. Now they've been asked no, to I had please... an HIA test but didn't do the scat five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Allier. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I think... So they've been asked to please explain, and I think given the climate around oh, concussion, I think there will be a hefty fine. Oh, absolutely. I don't think it'll be anything beyond that. I don't think they could possibly look at, you know, draft picks or anything. That would be silly going overs. But I think a hefty fine, you've got to send the signal out that yeah. the AFL is feeding him about this. I just can't – and I'm not – I understand the doctors are professional people, but when you have a head clash of that magnitude and, and the – the points you need to follow, yeah, it's clear. basically they tick them all, including motionless for more than two seconds, which he was. He was. So I, I just can't. I don't know how it was a breakdown. Understand why? Well, well, the doctor said no, no, he doesn't need it. He's clear. I just can't understand. With well, HIA, you got clear on, but yeah, they're, they're, they're not Skat supposed five. to make that decision. They got to go to the next level and. Mate, maybe the AFL does make a stand and make a, and makes a big statement. They're saying a fine of up to $100,000, but I saw David King say that, yes, it should be premiership points and draft picks 
You know, no. the AFL is horrified, they won't super concerned, especially with all those claims pending. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're going. I think a, a, a steep fine would send the message. You reckon that'd be enough? Yeah, oh, premiership points hard to do that. Draft, you think about where they're picks, sitting on the ladder. To, think about where they're sitting on the ladder at the moment. You know, but I, I mean, know. they do need to send a strong message out. It wasn't a good look at all, was it? No, absolutely right, my friend. Um, so now let's talk about the two local teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a the win the Dockers, I reckon, needed to have. And in my analysis at the weekend, I made the point that I think 2024 started then. You've got to use that. And if you lose, you're not going to play finals. So just go forward with that sort of um, clever game plan where you're not just playing dumb, kicking the ball into your forward line to suit the opposition as they did in the first quarter when um, the Geelong, um, Geelong defenders were just picking them off, Tom yeah. Stewart and yeah. uh, De Koning. And then they went, they got clever and used their assets. Their mm. assets are their pace and their assets are their ground levels mm. and their small forwards. And they used those to advantage. And Geelong was really all at sea uh, trying to combat the pace of Frederick and Switkowski. And, yeah. They really um, – it, it, it was a surprising win, no doubt. Uh, but they won it, there last year. I know. Shades of 2013, really, mm. wasn't it? That final as well, you know, when that, no, everybody, everybody wrote them off. The, the, the impressive move for me was the moving um, Hayden Young into the middle. Yeah. Like, we've been calling for that for a while. Yes. I thought they'd wait till Heath Chapman comes back, then release him up there. They said, nah, let's put him on Dangerfield. So he had the job on Dangerfield. I think Dangerfield was kept to 16 possessions and and three clearances only. And I think that's what Hayden had as well. So that was a classic, classic move. So probably that continues. Alex Pierce. Alex Pierce, what what it just to the critics just went bang, mate. No, I am back. I'm going to show that I am the bloke to captain. He was good on Hawkins early. They had a bit of luck because Hawkins got injured, of course, and went off. And they, he swung on to Jeremy Cameron and did the job there. I thought Luke Ryan was unbelievable. He was unbelievable back there cleaning up. And Caleb Sarong and Brayshaw, Luke Jackson. So, look, all the elements were there, and you build on that now. And if you lose games by being too adventurous in your game plan for the rest of the year, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I just want to see this is the start of 2024 now. I wouldn't – you've written them off completely. Oh, it's going to be – it's a long way back. I mean, mathematically, they can. Let me tell you this. They've got three home games in a row. Mm -hmm. So three home games in a row, that gives you some hope, doesn't it? So they've got Brisbane. Who... You've got to rely on Carlton and the Dogs. They're letting you in, and St Kilda, I think, given the win over Hawthorne, probably makes it hard. I mean, they're another game clear. So there are they are a long way back, and of course you've got Sydney. Well, they get to twelve wins if they win all their games, yep. don't they? Yeah, you probably need thirteen. Yeah, if they belt the Eagles, they'll have 12 and a strong percentage and need some luck. Mm. You're right. So they're probably going to be 4-1 short. But they can beat Brisbane. Who who knows what's wrong? We can't trust the Lions. So they, they're a chance to beat Brisbane at Optus this weekend. Then they've got the Derby. Clearly, they're going to be go heavy favourites into that. Then they've got Port Adelaide over here, who are just off the boil a little bit. That's going to be a tough game. And then, as you said, they finish with Hawthorne last at the MCG. Um, Good place to finish, I reckon, even though it means that you're probably travelling if you do play finals. But you want to play at the... MCG, don't you? As often as you can. Feels like they'll just fall one or two. And a chance short. to good, very, very good chance to win it too against Hawthorne. So uh, credit where it's due, Barra. Mm-hmm. Um, West Coast got to win, ending that horrible drought. And um, I guess the pressure eases a little bit this week. Yeah, uh, I don't think it eases entirely, but it certainly eases a bit. Um, nothing like a win. 
I thought North Melbourne were horrible, by the way. Um, and I, just in that last quarter when North was mounting that comeback, clearly had the massive advantage in um, clearances, didn't they? they, they yeah. Bailey Williams played really well, but they won the the, the, the ruck, you know, the hit outs, and they were had that advantage with clearances, but they couldn't use it to their advantage. And I think the Eagles did really well off turnover. Mm-hmm. And I just thought as they were manning that comeback late, it wouldn't have, it just didn't sit right that North could win that game. No, they almost pinched it. In fact, if Sheasel had a kick that goal, it would have been a draw, which probably was in some ways a fair result. But Bunga, Bunga's comeback had to match up against... Um, Larky. Larky's given Larky, a, and he, like, he did a great job. Larky great job. didn't have the kicking boots on, but still, I thought it, it was a good effort. He gave away like 13 centimetres. Yeah. And young Hewitt, it was good he, he gave it the Benny Cousins salute. You know that the finger wag that Benny did in the grand final in 2006, I think. Yep, it was the first was. quarter after that goal. I asked Ben about that. I said, mate, I reckon he's pinched your move. And he goes, give us a look. He goes, oh, yeah, they might have done, you know. And I said... Why did you do that? Because when Ben played, he was always very humble. Yep. And what he'd do after a goal would be search out who got the ball to him or, you know, who contributed to the goal rather than celebrate himself. And he said in that grand final, for some reason, he just gave it the, the finger waggle. He, don't know, he doesn't know where it came from and it became a bit iconic. And he said, yeah, I didn't even think about it. It just sort of came out of me. So Good game from Cripps as well. Yeah, Cripps was um, good. Yeah. And Tim Kelly. Where do, who do you have him in head in your worst fold medal, Tim Kelly? Yeah, Oscar Allen, Tim Kelly. Is there anyone else that um, we've overlooked there? That's, you know, Bailey Williams will finish high. I think he's had a yeah. really good year. Yeah, you're going to have to play it in most games, won't you? Yeah, and he did. He has. Dom uh, Sheed. Dom Sheed. Maybe. Jack uh, Darling's played every game. But what about when Jack went back? He was kicking out from goal. the first quarter from Jack? <laughs> he was kicking out from goal. Then he did that dummy in the centre and sent the bloke. He, the bloke just... Uh, he, he must have thought, there's no way he's going to give me the... Uh, that was a big first quarter from Jack. <laughs> show me some candy. Faded a bit after that, but he, did, he he put the score on the board, you know what I mean? He got him <laughs> moving, so... That was... It was just one of those days. So now they've got Essendon, so they're a silly chance at Marvel, and then the Derby, so... Yeah. Maybe things are looking up, but what do they do here? Because they're now both on eight wins. North Melbourne's... Eight, not eight wins, eight points. So both... I don't think either side are moving from there. I think that's the bottom three. But they don't. They well, clearly, like, it's the bottom three. But in that in that order, I think it's West Coast last, North Melbourne second last, Hawthorne. Uh, it's a fair bit of percentage to make up. I can't see West Coast conjuring another win. Hawthorne's that's the problem. Okay, Hawthorne's cleared out, so it's only just those well, two. Yeah. But, to, but would West Coast want to move off the bottom? No. Right? <laughs> I know. So how's that? Well, they work? say they will, but they won't want to. How's that going to work? No, no, no. Because the boys in the Derby will lift, won't they? They'll just have a, they'll have a massive crack. There's nothing can do there. Well, a bit of confidence for Frio now uh, with that win over Geelong. So just just carry it on and let's just so you give yourselves a fighting chance for the rest of the year. What else did you take out of it, mate? I thought that uh, it was a mighty win by Carlton uh, on the Friday night. Um, Cripps six goals on um, Moore, which was a great matchup, and we just saw, you know, I, I think. Collingwood had to have – we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. They had to have a loss at some stage, so it's a good loss to have. I'm not sure they want, would have wanted to have it against Carlton in front of a packed MCG no, on a Friday night. loss they had to have. But there's talk there has been some illness at the club. There have been a few players battling with the flu, and, I mean, all clubs go through that in the middle of winter. But um, you can see they're just a little bit off. Um, ground ball gets is a concern for them at the moment, and that defensive 50 into – now, we know they can win many different ways, Collingwood, but – what they do really well is that turnover, defensive 50 into forward. They do it well. And I think Carlton did a really good job of um, curbing their um, mm. movement. 
Well, Char- and Charlie kicking six goals has been – he's been the revelation, hasn't he? So he's on 67. He's six goals ahead of t- – uh, Taylor Walker in the in the Coleman. Since Mackay's cleared out, he's been the main man and he's delivered. He's just gone from strength to strength. Obviously, you had Darcy Moore this time, and so when you when you beat Darcy Moore and kick six goals, even though Moore was very strong, wasn't he? That's uh, he's he's been the revelation. Can they stay in there? So they they've got eight win. Uh, what have they got? No, ten wins. So's the Bulldogs, and Geelong's got nine. Oh, I think Carlton's staying in there now. I think so. I th- Geelong's finished. I reckon. The eight is probably set, even though I've been doubting St Kilda getting there. Uh, look, St Kilda's still a possibility to slip out, but who comes in of those? So is it Geelong, Sydney, Richmond, Adelaide? I suppose you've got to say, now, there's no Hawkins for a while. There's no Blissavs for a while. They're two very big outs for Geelong. But of those teams fighting to get in, I think the team's in ninth and tenth. I think Geelong and Sydney look the most likely. Maybe Sydney, the way they're playing. Um, I thought... Um, of the teams that sort of shored up their positions in the eight, I was really impressed with GWS yet again. And I've got a new – I've said – we've said this all along. We've just been talking about Darcy Moore and how he's a lock for the All-Australian captaincy. But I've got to tell you, mm. Toby Green mm-hmm. warrants some discussion. be a nice thing to do, wouldn't it? This could be his – Got rid of the red mist. Yep. The coach has put faith in him, made him captain. He has won. Six, seven, eight games for them off his own boot. Five goals. Now, that's being a bit unfair because they're so defensively well set up, mm. led by Sam Taylor. Um, Himmelberg's gone back there. Um, but forward of the ball, they're pretty impressive as well, and they've got that experience in the midfield. They've got the Whitfields and um, and the like. But oh, they're, not, they're a really well-balanced side, don't you think? Absolutely. And they're gonna, uh, you, uh, you won't want to play them during September, I don't reckon. At the moment, they're what? One, two, three, four, five. They're sixth. So they'll be playing Carlton, <laughs> the Giants and Carlton in the first and week. They did it in Ballarat. I think they've won at seven or eight different venues, the Giants. So it's a pretty impressive effort. The Dogs just, that was a loss that was just so vulnerable at the moment. I still expect them to play finals. but um, And look, of the other, we, we mentioned at the outset, we had, you know, Collingwood lost, Port Adelaide lost that showdown. Um, but Brisbane's lost to the Gold Coast. What do you mm. put that down to? Um, it was at. Um, the Q Clash. It was in, on the Gold Coast. Um, Ben King, five goals. Brisbane, again, away from the fortress that is the Gabba. They no. struggle, don't they? It's a worry. And ben, it's only an hour down the road. Ben, ben King, he took him to the cleaners. So he was clearly best on ground. Noah Anderson. Took Miller was fantastic. Raul had a great day. And the, the new coach must be pretty pumped, eh? About the King. fact that, yeah, that he's turned things around. Any chance? <laughs> It must be. It'll be horrible if, you know, they do go with Damien Hardwick, if that's the plan. It's not horrible. I mean, that's what they'll go with. Yeah, no, but, you know, if you've done such a great job. It's a good sell for the Gold Coast too, I reckon. It's just – Oh, of course. It's just a – you've got to – you know, they've got to put bums on seats up there. And, I mean, Hardwick doesn't play, but I just think he might attract some players. Yeah, so we don't know. Can we trust the Lions? We don't know that. And Melbourne, um, amazing. They just – they fixed Richmond up, and Max Gorn just so strong. I mean, he, he's probably going to come into all Australian contention now, isn't he? So yep. he'll be up for the captaincy as well. Petty goes forward, kick six, Van Royen four, Melksham four, and they've got a very competitive forward line. So it's a forward line that has a fair yeah, well, they crack. They, yeah, and they haven't had that sort of power. They kicked 20 goals. They haven't had that forward mm. line power. Yeah, so, so it looks like with Petty kicking six and 
Where to, Ben Brown, Tom McDonald, that they'll probably stay out of the team. Van Ruin kicked four, so he's doing the job. Melksham, he's going nowhere. Well, I'm not changing that forward line at the moment. I think that what will happen to that team is you'll have um, Fritch, though. Sorry, you will have Fritch Come back, available yeah. around yeah. finals time, hopefully, for mm-hmm. them. And obviously, Clayton Oliver. Yes, yeah, so I tell you what, it's, they're, mounting a, they're mounting a campaign. They could peak at the right time. If Oliver comes back in good nick, hopefully he's all right. Uh, so yeah. can you imagine a Collingwood-Melbourne grand final? It'll take you back to the 50s and 60s. <laughs> it would too. I've got something for you. A bloke did a researching the greatest goal kickers in mm-hmm. VFL, AFL history, right? And he's done this thing where he's gone for an era-adjusted um, scenario, taking into account things like scoring environment, the way teams spread their goals nowadays versus the old days where yep. it's just one full forward like Lockett and Dunstall um, and also, um, the, you know, multiple targets, all that sort of stuff. And it, it, the, after the, the analysis, it turns out that the greatest goal kicker of all time is not Tony Lockett who has tw- has um, 1,300 goals. It's actually Buddy Franklin. Okay. And, got, and, and what's the rationale? So – Taking into account things like scoring environment, so change conditions, yep. um, the surfaces and all that sort of stuff, the way teams spread their goals, in other words, so there's more goal kickers yep. in every team yep. and it's not just the pr- traditional... It is harder to kick big bags these days, clearly. Yeah, yeah, and that has tapered off. So he's worked out a formula and he's given Buddy the greatest... He's the greatest goal kicker ahead of Tony Lockett and Jason Dunstall and Gordon Coventry. So that's how great Franklin is. They did. They got over the line. It was injured, so he had to leave uh, the field. Um, they got over the line. It was, it was a, a two-point win um, at Marvel Stadium. So they're hanging in there, Sydney, aren't they? Mm. They've got that Bloodstained Angels spirit back, I reckon. And the Essendon, who knows now? They've slumped right. What is that? 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th. They're down to 13th. They've got the Eagles, so you think they might win that and, and start pressing again and put them on the cusp of the eight. Probably like, if you're an Essendon supporter, you probably want them to play finals, but I still reckon they've taken a step forward under Brad mm. Scott. I think they're better defensively, and so that'll set them up nicely. Um, they haven't played finals. In- Lang- Langford's been good this year, the move from defence into yeah. forward line. Kicked another five at the weekend. Peter Wright's kicked a, um, four, four goals, and he, I think he kicked three the week before. So he's just coming back off that injury. Mm-hmm. So they might they might do a bit of damage in the back end of the season. Um, I don't mind Essendon. Sydney is the team that you'd probably like to see, um, you know, if they could ma- – imagine if they could somehow slide into um, – into eighth and GWS gets up into fifth. That'd be an almighty first final, wouldn't it? Oh, mate. And then we get to Port the showdown and Port Adelaide talked it up. We hate the Crows and the Crows came out and fixed them up. Yeah. Well, showdowns do that, don't they? And there's still, I think, maybe Western Bulldogs and GWS, but the showdowns sort of leave the derby a bit lagging at the moment. Uh, it's the it's the hometown rivalry, really, that um, to beat all hometown rivalries at the moment. And, um, Port Adelaide just in a bit of a rut at the moment. Need to pull themselves out of it. Mm. August, by the way, it's August one today, so it's not only Horse's birthday, but isn't that when Koshy said he'd have a look at Ken Hinckley's contract? <laughs> yes. So what happens? Of course, you recontract him. He's done a great job. Uh, and they got Geelong at Geelong as their game. So, though, yeah. like you said, they've got Hawkins out and Blitzer. So Geelong has been. They've they lose games there. They cough up games at GMHBA now. So, and where do you, where do you have Geelong? By the way. I mean, it's the cliff come. We keep saying in this, and then they win three in a row and somehow find a way. But surely, 
the cliff has come. I think all their games are now at Geelongies, aren't they? Yeah, they have been for a couple <laughs> of weeks. Now <laughs> Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel Mailbag. Thank you to Thirsty Camel. Please send your mail to quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. Please keep them relatively short and include all your details. We'll be giving away a 10-pack of 196 Double Lemon, a beautiful drop that barra. Got some interesting mail this week. The first one from Harley, who says, all I have for you to discuss is this finals fixture. Okay, top two get a pre-finals buy. Quarterfinals for 3v6, v4, v5. Winner through to the qualifying finals, loser into the elimination. And then a wild card, 7v10, 8v9, winner through to the eliminations. This allows for four more finals, a continued flow of season, emphasis on performing in finals, and as many more unpredictable and exciting twists and turns possible. I know you've discussed it before, but I have uploaded how the games would look if the season finished now. How much more exciting does that pre-finals bye week look with this first round of games held there instead? So I haven't downloaded that, but I just don't like the... I know we're in different camps here. I don't like the idea of uh, wildcards. Yeah, I work for Channel 7, so I'm definitely <laughs> in them more games. Well, so do I, effectively. <laughs> yeah, so why are you on the other side? Anyway, no, you're obviously uh, much more impartial. But, of course, that first weekend where there's no footy, They'll be footy, well, and it'll be really exciting should footy. Be. And there elimination. Sh- yeah, there should be footy because they need to move it to So three. what was that fella's name? That's Harley. Harley. Good work, yeah, good work my friend. Uh, hey, fellas. Love hearing stories from the good old days of footy, Barra. Your tales of West Coast Eagles club history have been epic. There yeah. you go, mate. Thank you, Zach. Question I've always wanted to know. Can you give us some background into what happened when the Eagles secured Windy Hill's favourite son, a certain Tim Watson, in the draft? (laughs) Surely this must have been massive news at the time. Yeah, I remember it was. (laughs) What was the feeling amongst the group and why didn't he come? That's Cheers. That's Zach from Margaret River. Yeah, you know, Zach, what that was all about. It was just Mick Malthouse just having a crack at his greatest rival, Kevin Sheedy. It was just, you know what? He's retired. I'm going to pluck their greatest player. We're in the zone. And it was really, it was the last pick in the draft, wasn't it? Yeah, last pick. We, we, we're, this is the era of when, when we were super powerful. Imagine if he lobbed in there and won a premiership for the West Coast Eagles. He actually came over, which is funny. We all got to meet him and have a bit of a yak. And Did he actually come over for a meeting yeah, after he was drafted? Just to have a look around. And, really? And, and clearly, I did not know that. <laughs> but clearly, he wasn't that impressed because he didn't come. <laughs> he just never came but over. But he actually bothered to come over and have a look around. Yeah, well, he works for Channel 7, I think. Was he uh, okay. uh, as well he at was, that stage? Yeah. He's starting his Channel 7 career, so... And but Ma- then when Ma- maybe there was footy on as well. Didn't he make a comeback with this and an after that though? Yeah, well, and so he never actually came back. So he obviously thought, no, I'm not coming. And then Sheed's got on and he said, look, mate, we're the baby bombers. We need some experience. Maybe you can slot back in there. And he did. And they, he won a premiership in 93, which the Eagles should have won. So there was so many twists and turns on it. But it was really Malthouse taking the mickey out of Sheeds because every time we played the Bombers, mate, it was a nightmare, the, the training the week before because he was so – Mick had been psyched out by Kevin Sheedy. I don't know where it started. I know tying down the windsock and waving the scarf at him and all that sort of stuff or his jacket. And, but it just – He would have crossed paths at Richmond. Oh, yeah, players. they played together. So they, they were back pocket. He was a back pocket plumber. Mick was a back pocket whatever else and they were competing for the same spot. So there was always this huge rivalry but – he really got inside Moldhouse's head, and it would be horrific the week of the game where you're playing the Bombers, and 
you're on tender hooks and you just knew that Sheeds had sort of got to him. And when we got to the Windy Hill one day and he tied, tied down the windsock. Yeah. And I'm thinking, was that the, Was that the 89 famous wet day when you only kicked a goal? No, I don't think so. No, because it's under Moldas. Because okay. Moldas got there in 1990. Oh, that was John Todd, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for Sheeds to think, how can I get to Malthouse? Right, he's coming to my ground. Hey, someone tie down the windsock. He'll notice that because yeah. he, he, he reckons Moldes used to love looking at the windsock, work out where the breeze was for, before the toss and all that. And he must have looked up and gone, he's tied down the windsock. I've always asked, thought <laughs> to ask the question, why didn't one of the Eagles officials go up and untie the windsock? Yeah, oh, yeah that's right. Yeah, I mean, that would have been straight else, back at you, buddy. Someone else's ground. Jeppy, get over there and untie the windsock. <laughs> yeah, good luck. So, um... Uh, what what other things did Sheeds do? He just used to prod him, and he just he had him covered, and and Mick eventually worked through it, and sort of, and I think a lot of the reason we didn't go to the uh, grand final parade in nineteen ninety one was was that whole Victorian sort of these guys are after us, that someone's going to get poisoned. I can remember him mentioning that someone might poison us during the street parade. Don't drink any water. Don't take the water from the no kids. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Might have there might be something in it. No make you sick. Make you sick. No one of the kids are going. You know you're going through in the car. Don't take the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't great. Carl pick up a dummy and put it in his mouth yeah. in '92? Yeah, that could have been poison. By then we worked out that they, they they loved having us here and they weren't going to do anything to us. It was yeah. actually but the '91 the cars our cars went down with injured players in it and then the rest of the cars were filled with blue and gold balloons. <laughs> no wonder the Vicks hated us. Yeah, honestly. Anyway. Oh, well, it didn't come off. Um, high quarters and Barrett. Has soon-to-be-retiring AFL senior executive Travis Old been more of a friend or foe to the WA clubs and WA throughout his tenure? What decisions did he make to advance and promote football in Western Australia? Is there an ongoing legacy for the betterment of Western Australians that we could easily give him credit for? Show us the money. Jeremy Maguire, that's Michelle. Um, I'm not sure if Travis's role was really to improve football in Western Australia. He was clearly in um, charge of fixturing. That was mm. his big gig mm-hmm. and did a pretty good job, I thought. It's yeah. the toughest gig oh. in footy. Know what you please, no one, and, um, you know, you try and do it. Completely compromised competition. Yeah. Not everyone plays everyone twice. Who plays everyone tw- – who, who gets to play teams twice? Some of the teams you have to play twice, like derbies and showdowns, and obviously they want Carlton Collingwood to play each other twice. And, you know, you've got the Anzac Day. I don't know how they do it. Apparently there's some amazing formula, but they must have some incredible but, computer. Some sort of algorithm that they would oh, churn through. But, lot, phenomenal. Um, yeah, I think he's been okay. He now goes to run the GP, the Grand Prix. Melbourne he's Grand gone, Prix. is he? Yeah, oh, yeah he's right. announced he's heading off. He's yes. a great fella. Uh, this one from BK. Hi, boys. Love your work. Great podcast. I'm not sure if you've covered this before, but from what I know, John Worsfold is yet to be inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame. Would love to know if this is correct and what you guys think about it. BKC, he signs it off as. BKC. Well, we probably should have done our research there and just checked uh, AFL Hall of Fame, but um, I'd be very surprised if the great man's not in there because I think um, Matera's in there and Jakovic and there's a few others in there. So I've Googled it up, my friend, and they've got down to W's. We've got Mel Winnan from West Perth. That's great. Teddy Whitten, of course. Robbie Wiley from my club in Richmond and West Coast. Greg Williams, Mark Williams, Gary Wilson, Nicky Winmar, Jack Worrell. Yeah, so Wusher, he's not in there yet. He, mu- he, mu- he must be going. So he's in the WA Footy Hall of Fame. I think if you look at Wusher's career over um, playing and coaching, mm-hmm. I think he will be, end up in the uh, uh, the Australian Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think maybe that's 
because a lot of these guys just go in on their playing career, don't they? Not so much. Uh, I don't. I don't think they generally try to double them up. So, but he's, he'll certainly have to be in there if Matera's in there and Jakovic and the rest of them. Mm. He's. I mean, he's an iconic figure, and he'd be knocking on Ben Cousins. It'd have to be the one, the other one that has to go in very soon. Guy McKenna's in there. See if Guy McKenna's in. Wish it wouldn't be that far off Bluey. No, he was Peter Matera's in there. Jacko's in there. Dean Kemp's in there. So yeah. Interesting. Good good comment, mate. Yeah, good good mail. He'll he'll be there, I'm sure, at some stage. Uh, hey guys, with the end of the season approaching, how do the Eagles first year players look so far? Anyone you've enjoyed watching and was there a player that should have taken over another in your opinion? Thanks, Sam from Treby in WA. I think their first year players have been um, I think Ruben Jinby stands out, doesn't he? And Hewitt. And Li- and Elijah Hewitt, particularly the last few weeks. Unfortunately Jimby's got that um, hamstring injury that may prevent him from playing again this year. Might get mm. one or two in at the end, mm-hmm. but uh, look, I think the green shoots have been pretty good for them in terms of the future. And there's, but they've also got a lot of games into those second year players, the Brady Hoffs, those types who've you've seen grown. Particularly, it's been in a furnace, hasn't it, Barra? I mean, it's been a horrible year for them, horrible two years for them. But what do they say? The strongest steel is made in the hottest fire. So let's hope that that's what happens from this. Yeah, well, I think when we go back to the, that draft, there's. Cadman went one, Ashcroft went two, Sheasel went three. So they split their picks. Yeah, Wardlaw went four. Satsis came fifth, Bailey Humphrey six, Mackenzie seven at Hawthorne, Jai Clark Geelong, Ruben. It's a very, very good top ten of talent. And look, you could mount an argument either way, but I reckon the two they've got. Well, I'll tell you the blokes they could have had if they didn't take Ruben. So they took Ruben at nine. Philippou came next, Oliver Hollands. Jasper Fletcher, which is father and son, Jed Buslinger, um, and then they took Hewitt. And after so after Hewitt came Jefferson, Rouston, McKen- uh, Michael Enney, Weddle, Ed, Ed Allen, Darcy Jones. Yeah, so it looks like it looks like they got it pretty. Right. I think they've done a pretty yeah. good job. Those two are going to be, and also they're double, they're local boys. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles' retention's been pretty good at interstaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they do go after Harley Reid, then, you know, you'd, you'd back them. But I reckon those two are going to be very good long-term players for them. You can no see doubt. already. So, uh, hi, Q and B. All West Coast supporters should start wishing for Collingwood to win the flag this year. Pies great Scott Pendlebury has said he wants to play for at least another year but also wants to win a flag with that group. A win this year might open him up to the option of coming to West Coast <laughs> next year to play the on-field coach role just as Sam Mitchell did in 2017. There would be no better player to have in the middle of the ground helping with the young star's development and even possibly staying in the coaching group after that. So go Pies. Thanks, Mike from Scarborough. Mike, it's a great email. But I think there's a fair bit of wishful thinking in there. I'm not sure. <laughs> we, we, then again, you would never have said you would have seen Sam Mitchell come over. And I don't think Sam Mitchell saw that coming over. <laughs> um, I think Scott Pendlebury will play for Collingwood next year. Yeah, do you think Whether so? Whether they win the flag or not. Yeah, yeah I yeah. do. I think he's got another year in him. Yeah, he, um, I don't know how old he is. He'd be, be, he'd be what, mid-30s, something like that? So, yeah, yeah no, he, he, I don't think he's going anywhere. But he's, um, he's really, a, a really died in the wool. Great man, isn't he, really, for them? Oh, yeah. He's just a wonderful player. Well, thanks for your 35. mail. He's 35. Thanks for your mail. The ones we didn't read out, I'll get round to on Thursday. Thank you for listening, and please send your mail into quartersandbarra at wanews.com.au. You have been listening to the Quarters and Barra podcast. We have been brought to you by Tab Touch. 
Bet your bet with Tab Touch and please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues. Thanks, Barra. Look forward to talking to you on Thursday when we can redeem ourselves with some winning tips this week. Good on you, mate. If you're a fan of the podcast, why not get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at quartersandbarra at wanews.com.au. Don't forget to give us a rating or review and, of course, tell your mates. This has been the Quarters and Barra podcast on the game. Subscribe wherever.